School Days, I Cannot Tell a Lie. It's 1200XL, episode 15. Hi, everybody. Welcome to 1200XL. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about school days. Oh, not my favorite subject, but... Now, Aaron, when you were in school, did you ever get in trouble, and did you ever have to write lines? You know, they did do that uh, in school. We never called it writing lines that I'm aware of. Uh, they had to fill the chalkboard. It was That was the gimmick. Simpson and, style. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, as a punishment... You would have to write some kind of, like, for example, let's say I hit a kid with a pencil, mm-hmm. and you might have to write, I will not hit Billy with a pencil a hundred times, or fill the whole board with that saying. Yeah. Or if you if you weren't paying attention to math, I will pay closer attention in math. Mm-hmm. You know, And sometimes, uh, if you were not getting something, and sometimes I remember distinctly remember this being math and spelling. Uh, you would have to write like a, a formula or a or a word just over and over and over. So I guess the teacher thought it would seep into your brain mm-hmm. after a while. And so sometimes you'd have to, because a lot of the kids were so small, they'd have to get the, the footstool to stand up and start on the board. Then you had the old gimmick where you use the uh, teacher's measure, the music measure chalk mm-hmm. thing to cheat when the teacher was looking. <laughs> Which never worked, by the it way. Never, well, I mean, it would work, but the teacher's not an idiot. They were like, look at the spacing on that. That's perfect. You know, what about you? Did you ever have to write lines? Yeah. Before? Yeah. You know, I very rarely got in trouble as a child. Uh, but one time I did. I threw sand on the slide. Why did you do sand that? On the, I have no idea. I thought it would be cool. But, you know, what, at Hurricane Town it? Elementary, uh, there used to be a, a big slide right outside the uh, right outside the school. And we it was it was playtime and I was watching kids go down the slide. And I was like, man, I'm going to throw some sand on that slide. And uh, I did. And the teacher saw me and I had to do both sides. Uh, I will not throw sand on the slide. Now, Aaron, it may shock and amaze you. But this style of punishment has not gone away because I, in fact, direct my students to write lines all the time. Whenever you forget your instrument in band, guess what you're doing in band that day? I will bring my trombone to band tomorrow. Oh, man. Both sides. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I believe our band director used that one on us yep. uh, back in the day. I learned you know, from I'm, the best. Old GS. I'm not, I'm not surprised that you threw sand on the slide, being that you were going to chicken farm school out there. Is that That's true. That it was, it was practicing what, sowing the seeds, scattering the seeds. Was going to a school that was nicknamed Chicken Farm? Did that anger you when you went there? I'm sure you heard about that. No, I mean that uh, I live. I grew because you got your member. You know, I grew up on Chicken Farm Road. My parents live yeah. literally one minute walk away from where I went to elementary school, the house I grew up in. So I always grew up. Yeah, I live on Chicken Farm Road. Is there is there a chicken farm out there? Not since we lived there. This was like way way back. But you know how things are here around these parts. People you, keep the old names of things. How many years has Cow Creek not been Cow Creek? Twenty, well, but it's still out there. Now let me ask you: do, do do you think others? You've lived in other places. Are there other places that have these homesy, folksy names like Cow Creek and Chicken Farm Road? Are those is that, or is that something you only get out in the sticks? But that, I, well, yeah, that's the thing. I've never lived in a place more rural than whenever I've lived away. It's always been in a one. big city. There's never yeah. been a place more rural. That's why you haven't lived in it. But. but I have a feeling that that sort of thing does go on in in other parts. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was a uh, it. 
there's just something about you know these these eternal these eternal punishments. You know they, they they'll never go out of phase. They'll never go out of vogue. You make kids write lines. It's something you can still get away with as a teacher. Yeah, you can't you, paddle you, kids no more. You can't ridiculous. paddle kids anymore. You can't throw staplers at kids. Man, that sort I, of things frowned upon. Some of my best friends were got, felt the wrath of the paddle uh, back in the day, and that was that is that is one of the punishments in this game. You've got yeah. you know Mister Wacky is or Mister Walker is what his name is, and uh, listen, <laughs> listen, that is name. That's his name. <laughs> Did you ever get paddled in school? No, but my best friend did, and my best friend's mom was a teacher at the school. Oh, is this Helen's kid? No, you don't know him. Okay, uh, but he when he so he, she, he was always under the eye, watchful eye of mama, like like Sauron. And you know, I think this is one of those deals where, like, listen, my kid, I'm not going to treat him any differently. And so, in fact, she treated him worse, you know, because <laughs> he, as an example, right. one time he right. felt the he felt the paddle, and the paddle had speed. Our paddle was a big, long wooden paddle and it had speed holes drilled into it so you could really, you know, whack a sucker and they'd get mm-hmm. the vice principal up there and he would go to work, mm-hmm. man. You know, and that was a deterrent. Now, I'm not saying we should bring back paddling. I would not be happy if they did that, but it definitely worked. Man, I tried well, not you know, to get when, in trouble. When I lived in Korea, this was a thing. You know, corporal punishment is alive and well in Asia. And, you know, you only had to do it once a year, you know, because you did it in front of all the kids. The kid would come up to, you know, it was always a boy. He would come up, face the board, put his hands on the board, and the, the teacher would have the, the stick hanging up there in class. And the teacher would always say, I do this because I love you. And then, bam. Well, you're kidding me. That was no. what you said? Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's the procedure. And it's funny. When you, when, you're, when you whack a kid four or five times in front of the whole class, the whole class shapes up real quick. They would take our kids out in the hall and do it, but they do it right outside the door. So you you'd know? hear it. You'd hear that. Oh, the yeah. You heard it, too. Although I will say, mm-hmm. I never heard a kid cry. They would mostly no-sell it. Mm-hmm. But, man, right. you know, I've seen them get lit up, brother. I'm glad it wasn't me. I just got detention. I never got. The, I never felt the wrath of the paddle. Yeah, yeah. Well, Aaron, let's talk about feeling the wrath of the British school system in the 80s. Let's talk about <laughs> school days. All righty, man. So Damn. school days. This is a this is a very interesting game. It came out in 1984 and was uh, developed and published by an outfit called Microsphere. Uh, Microsphere, based out of a place called Muswell Hill in London. Um, I am not familiar with that. Much like I'm not familiar with London very much at all. Uh, I've only been to London a couple times uh, through my time living in the UK. Uh, but a Microsphere was formed in 1982 by a husband and wife team, David and Helen Reedy, or possibly Reedy. I'm going to say Reedy. I think it was um, the last time we pronounced it Reedy, so go with your first. I'm going to go with that. And it is, wor- it is worth noting that we did cover this on one of the very, very early episodes of Our Sinclair. We talk about how these guys, David and Helen, they started out doing serious software, VisiCalc clones, but then they were like, listen, the money is in games. And so they started making games. And uh, basically, Helen was a teacher. David was a, a programmer. And, um, and you know, Helen kind of uh, gave David some ideas on what was going on in school. David drew upon uh, some, some different stories. There's a, a series of stories called the Just William stories and various comics and things to produce this game called um, School Days. So... Uh, School Days uh, was coded by David, but uh, their family friend, there was a friend named Keith Warrington they brought on to do the graphics. 
And this is quite possibly the most analog team of computer programmers you've ever seen because yeah. David would not type in, he wouldn't sort of code as he went. He would, he would uh, write the whole thing out in longhand. And then Helen would type it into the computer. Keith, instead of drawing the graphics on screen, he would plot everything out on graph paper. And I know that was that was a little bit more common, at least. But I've never heard of another programmer that wrote everything out in longhand first and then got somebody else to type it into the computer. But hey, it worked. It worked. Yeah. So, um, and uh, this, of course, was not used. You know, it wasn't written in BASIC or anything like that. It was it was hand assembled Z eighty machine code right into the computer. That's that, that's that's hardcore. That's astounding to me. Every time we, we that's. Uh, I mean, that's several notches above my wildest dreams of being able to do something like that. Uh, it just seems amazing. And it, the, this whole game was developed in an amazing way. And, and you've got a game. This is one of those games where they were way outside the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, boat. And, uh, you know, because you had a teacher that worked on it. Then you had people that were sort of just doing their own thing. And, what, and when you get that sort of effort, you get, a, you get a game that no one's seen before because they had no real guide to go with. I love when when that happens in gaming. Yeah, yeah. And of course, this is still, you know, such early days in gaming that you could basically make a game about whatever you wanted and people would, you know, pub- uh, one of the things I was reading in an interview with uh, with Helen Reedy in, uh, in Crash Magazine. This is from issue 25. And um, and she talks about how, uh, you know, when they were making Back to School in, the, in their earlier game, Wheelie, uh, or I'm sorry, School Days, not Back to School, um, that uh, she would basically, you know, they would go to these computer fairs and all of the retailers would be there, you know, your Boots and your WH Smiths and all these places that sold games. And they would just go from table to table and be like, yeah, we'll take 10,000 of those, you know. And uh, but once the big money started to come in, you know, uh, and in these big publishing houses and development houses started up it was harder for these small teams to get games into those big retailers and of course that's where the money was was getting your game into a big retailer so um these guys uh microsphere carried on a little bit longer they released a sequel uh to school days called back to school uh which we we covered on our sinclair and uh, we and then their final game was a game called Contact Sam Cruz, and this is a game that's a private eye type game. I haven't played it yet, but I have a feeling it might be coming up in a future episode. And that was their that was their swan song. Um, uh, David Reedy, Reedy went on to uh, become an electrical engineer, and uh, I'm not sure what happened to Helen. Uh, she might have returned to the classroom, but that was the end of their sort of uh, career as, uh, as 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 programmers as a company. Um, so uh, they they finally went out of business in 1987. So that's the story of Microsphere. Let's talk a little bit about the game Back to School. So. Aaron, um, this is a game that is school like you days. said, it's it's school days. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna constantly say the wrong yeah, thing. I should probably I look at the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I did the exact um, thing. So, school days is basically a um, it's a um, school day simulation. Uh, it simulates an entire day at school, complete with a full like, three level school building. Uh, you've got teachers and you've got students. Uh, and the object of the game is that you have to break into the safe to get your report card uh, to, I guess, to change the grades of your report card. Okay. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah. And That's so. Um, locking them in a safe. 
That's yeah, real yeah. hardcore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um basically, uh so what what do you have to do in this game? Well, there's a lot of things to do. Uh, and you, you kind of have to master all of these different arts to be able to complete this game, okay? Now, at the very base level, uh, you have these shields that are scattered throughout the school. And these shields look like crests. They look like different sort of like family crests. And what you have to do is you have to touch each one, either by physically touching it or hitting it with your catapult. Uh, when you touch a shield, it starts to flash. And when all the shields are flashing, uh, you have completed sort of the first phase of the game, okay? The second phase of the game comes by using your catapult to, uh, to, to shoot at your teachers, okay? So there are three teachers in this game. There is the headmaster, whose name is Mr. Wacker. He roams about with a cane. You have four mentioned Mr. Wacker. That's right. There is Mr. Creaker. <laughs> Who is literally hundreds of years old, as you find out in, in in over the course of the game? He would fit in West Virginia perfectly with that name. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different name, meaning over here. And finally, you have Mister Withit, and Mister Withit is kind of the cool teacher, good-looking one. Yeah, he's good-looking. He's young. He struts about. I'm sure he's popular with all the kids. So you've got those three teachers, and then you you have a bunch of no-name kids, just like a regular school. Most of the kids are just no-name kids, like I was. But then you have your personality types. You've got your Einstein, who is the what's referred to as the SWAT in uh, in in this game, which I can uh, which we would call basically a, a tattletale or a snitch or something like that. But SWAT yeah. is the British English term. Uh, you've got Babyface, who is the uh, who is the sort of the bully. Uh, he's the the Babyface killer. He'll sneak up on you and punch you. And then you've got the Angel, and the Angel is the guy that will torment you with his own catapult. Okay, so you've got all of these, all of these, uh, these students that are roaming about, and um, and so on the face of it, like I said, you're trying to touch these shields to turn them all colors. All right, to make them start flashing. But if that was the game, it wouldn't be much of a game. You have to actually participate in school activities in this game, Aaron. You can't just roam about the halls all day. Well, you can, but it's not going to be a very long game if you do that. Yeah. So. Uh, at the at the bottom of the screen, every once in a while, you're going to hear a bell. A bell will will chime, and then it will tell you where to go. So it might say, "Mr. Rocket in the exam room," or "or Mr. Creaker in the map room." Okay, and so you you have to go to all you know wherever these places are. You have to take a seat in the class, and you have to listen to the lesson. Okay, why do you have to do this? Well, if you are not compliant with school rules, you are assigned lines. Okay, and the lines can be anywhere from 300 to uh, like 5,000 lines at a time. Okay, <laughs> so if you get 10,000 lines, the game is over. You're now expelled. Here's the, yeah, <laughs> you're right. expelled. You are thrown out of school. Okay, yeah. so you, you, you've got to sort of play by the rules here. Now, what's interesting is that you, this is also a score-based game. And when other students are assigned lines, you get score. So you get score by touching shields. You get score by knocking down your professors as long as they don't see you. But then you're also get you also get score by like if you hit a professor or if you hit a teacher with a catapult, but they blame it on another kid, then you get the points for that. So this game teaches you how to be a delinquent, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yes, it does. Now, uh, so you go to your lessons. You're touching the shields. Now, once you've touched all of the shields, you can start to knock down 
other teachers with your catapult. Okay. And you want to be discreet about this because you don't want to get lines. But when you knock down the other teachers with your catapult, you are, they, they tell you a letter. They're so, they're so distraught by being hit by a catapult that they say V or R. Okay. And you have to write down those letters because each one of those letters is the code for the safe with the exception of Mr. Creaker. Mr. Creaker, he asks you for his birthday. He asks you for his birthday, and you have to be able to tell him. And the way that you get, spoiler alert, the way that you get the answer (laughs) is you have to sit through one of Mr. Creaker's lessons, and he says, I was born during the Battle of Avoncourt, or something like that. One of these old medieval battles from like 1415, which is why we know that Mr. Creaker is literally hundreds of years old. (laughs) So, once you do that, you get all the letters. The headmaster's letter, Mr. Wacker, his his is always first. His letter is always first, but the rest of the letters are scrambled. So you kind of have to make a matrix. And you know, there there's only so many combinations because there's only four letters. And you, you know, you plug them in in whatever other order, and all the time while you're doing this, you have to avoid not being caught in the office and getting even more lines. If you're able to do that, you get your report card. But the game is not over even then, because then you have to go and you have to deactivate all of the shields. You have to touch all the shields one more time. And then, and only then, is the game over. And you move on to what they call the next year, which basically just loops the game around. Now, you've never gotten to the end of this, have you? Not even close. Not even close. Okay, because I was like, I mean, that was a... I was thinking I never got anywhere near the 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 areas you're talking about in either one of my attempts to try to play. Now there's even system. more stuff to talk about this game, but before we go on, Aaron, tell me what your first impressions were of School Days. Well, I will say, you know, we haven't really gotten into, it, but the the Atari version was uh, was a home a homebrew special. Yeah, uh, came, we're we're going to talk about that here at the end. Okay, that's fine. Well, I will say my first impressions were quite positive. Uh, because this looks quite nice. Uh, it's got a warm feeling to it. Uh, you know, again, having played this before, I was familiar with it to a certain degree. And this is one of those games, we've talked about this sort of in the past, this is sort of like a, a very tiny school version of like a GTA. You can mm-hmm. just basically, you can play the game. But most of the time, I just roam around, whacking kids, trying to frame other kids, put, like shooting teachers in the butt, stuff like that. Uh, you know, there the fact that they've got all these rules that you have to adhere to, and the, the rules are, are just like school rules. You know, don't be in the don't be running around in the classroom when you're supposed to be outside playing. You know, mm-hmm. don't uh, you know, don't go out and, and punch a guy. You know, stuff like that. Make sure you get to your exams on time. The addition of those rules that's what makes this game fun because you sort of have to run around and do that stuff, and then oh by the way, see what you can get away with. And then in the background, there's also a game, you know, if you want to go down that road. And I seldom go down that road. I usually just screw around, if I'm honest, playing it. But no, I thought this, once I I had to look up what the, you know, uh, what the different keys and stuff were Mm -hmm. for this version. But once I had them down, I thought it it was uh, quite nice. I mean, if if this is your cup of tea. Now, if you want to go through and try to solve the game... uh, this is a this is no easy feat. I can tell you that. I mean, I 
I can I can get some of the shields flashing, but I've never gotten them all going. I can tell you that well, right now. You know, touching the shields, like there are some, like for example, the shields on the on the I think on the third floor are easy to get. All you have to do is jump up and get them. But the the shields on the first floor, there, there's a really high ceiling on the first floor. Yeah. And what you have to do is you actually have to knock a teacher down with your catapult, then yeah. fire an additional shot to get it to hit the teacher and then go up at a right angle <laughs> to hit the shield. That's my favorite. The I shields on the, the shields on the second floor are not quite as high as the first floor, but what you have to do is you have to knock a fellow classmate to the ground, jump on their body, and reach <laughs> up. <laughs> so again, this game teaches you the fine art of being a jerk. Yeah. That's why when we played Mikey, these games are very similar in the fact that they're you're, you're the school jerk treating everyone around you like a garbage, basically. Right. That's the game. Right, right. Now, there is a there are also side quests in this game, Aaron. Side quests. This is like it's crazy to think about this game is from 1984. So, there are random events that occur. Uh for example, Babyface uh gets the mumps, okay? And so but when Babyface gets the mumps, guess what? You can't go you can't get anywhere near him or else you're going to get lines, okay? Uh sometimes Einstein, the SWAT He's going to run to tell on you. You've got to hit him six times with your slingshot before he gets to the faculty lounge. So there's other things that are going on in addition to the classes. There's always something with this game. And the fact that it was created by, you know, uh, this husband and wife team that really didn't have much experience making games, that they were able to make this experience so in-depth and so many things to do. And, and all of these characters that are essentially moving about on their own, you know, they, they all roam about, you know, in real time as you're walking around. It's incredible. It really is. Yeah. It's quite an astounding feat. And, and it, if you took a school, cut it in half, uh, it probably would not look totally dissimilar to this. Yeah. Kids roaming around, kids all hurrying to class, teachers roaming around. Uh, I think they, uh, they clearly knew their subject matter. Yeah, yeah. Now, Aaron, as you mentioned earlier, this is uh, this was originally not released on the uh, on the Atari eight bit line of computers. Originally, this only came out on the ZX Spectrum and the Commodore sixty four. Uh, this Atari uh, this Atari release came out in twenty seventeen, and it uses the code. It's a port of the C sixty four version, but it uses a lot of the background graphics from the ZX Spectrum version. So it's like the best of both worlds here. Um, this thing was released. Uh, it was programmed by a guy named Mariusz Wojciech. I'm guessing this is one of the one of the great Polish coders that we see so often in the Atari eight bit scene. Uh, the code was by him, and the graphics were by Jose Pereira. So um, this is uh, this is like I said. I thought that this was a very competent release. Uh, it moves just as quick as the as the original versions of the ZX Spectrum, the C sixty four. This is not my favorite release of this game. I much prefer the neon colors of the ZX Spectrum original. Uh, but those are just impossible to replicate on other systems. You know, this is this is very similar to the the C sixty four version in, in the way that it looks. Um, the uh, the key, yeah, br very brown, very okay, muted I'll colors. Talk for you. I know yeah. where you're going when you say that brown. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I thought it was interesting, Aaron. This game has also recently been ported to the Auric. The Auric, Aaron. <laughs> Didn't I just mention the Auric? Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> the Orc is a capable machine, so I, I definitely had the capability to play it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, really, of the bunch, you would think the Atari would be the one that would have trouble with it. But I, I, I have to say, I, I, not going into the minutia of the game, but everything I've read, it's a. I mean, they've done it, everything pretty well. There's, I've heard that there's some parts that this game can chug along. I mm-hmm. played this on the Mister. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice anything like that. But again, if you get well into the game, there may be some areas where that happens. But uh, no, I think it. I think they did a very good job. I kind of like, you know, you get used to playing it on the Spectrum, and it is tough to to go off and play it on something else. I'm kind of like you. I kind of like the way the Spectrum looks, but still, it's nice that this got ported over, and uh, it's good to see the Atari getting some love. And this is a game that hopefully a lot of people that didn't play this the first time around got to, got a chance to play it, because it's definitely a game that you need to try at least once. It's very unique. Right, right. Now, this game, we should mention that this game has been, it did get another release unofficially called School Days 99. This is one of oh, these yeah. games that um, it was a it was a 32-bit program. It does not run on the modern versions of Windows. Um, and uh, it's, it's a real shame you've got to use DOSBox or, you know, some sort of emulation solution to play it because it really, you know, it improved the graphics a little bit, but it kept the same 2D perspective. And, uh, and it's definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of School Days. And, of course, lots of people credit School Days as being, you know, one of the first games that, that lets you simulate something like this in real time. Of course, Bully being the most obvious uh, successor where you're given full run of a school and you have to get up to no good. Uh, but also games like Little Computer People, uh, The Sims, anything like this where you've got, you've got things happening that are not under your control, that it, you, know, you just sort of watch the day unfold. And this, this was kind of the genesis of all that. I agree. I mean, it's, it's absolutely bully was certainly if, if you could pick a game that you, that was based on a game like this, that's gotta be it. It's, it's literally uh, like if you took this game, moved it forward in time with a, with a modern engine, this is what, sort of what you would get. Right, right. Exactly. And so of course this game did very, very well uh, on the uh, you know, in on, if you look at spectrumcomputing.co.uk, it scored very, very well. The magazines all loved it. Uh, this it was originally released, Aaron. The price five ninety five, six yeah. pounds, Aaron. Yeah. So you got your money's worth out of this game for sure. You know, you can see how these companies went belly up because the mm-hmm. you know think about the profit margins. You got to move a lot of tapes to make much money uh, on a game like this, and and we're talking about uh, 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 an outfit, of course, Roy, really just a but just three or four people that only did a few games. And and you and then they were gone. And we've heard a lot about the sequel, the not the sequel to this, but their last offering, the Private Eye game. Mm-hmm. Definitely one I want to put on my list because that one's talked uh, about quite fondly. And since obviously we've seen this game, I wouldn't mind seeing their take on the detective uh, side of things. But you can see how if you don't have if you have one major miss, like you could easily be out of business because all the time and effort you spent on that game is gone, and you're not going to make that much money in the first place. Right. Right. Now, um, and they did cite specifically piracy being one of the big reasons why they, they got forced out. It was basically a combination of piracy and the fact that they didn't want to expand. You know, they they sold something like 50,000 units of school days, but they didn't hire any more programmers. They wanted to keep it a small, you know, family business. And if you don't want to grow and you don't, you know, team up with a big publishing house, something like Ocean or something like that, then it's going to be hard for you to survive. But, uh, you know, I I respect them for doing exactly what they wanted to for as long as they feasibly could, you know, and they've they've got a legacy. They've left behind, you know, four great games. When you got Wheelie and the the two school games and Contact Sam Cruz. So 
big ups to them for sure. You know, um, uh, one thing I, I I was just thinking about this was when you were talking about them. So, of course, this was a budget release, and they said piracy took them down. I mean, and they, but you just said that this thing costs less than six pounds. I mean, it's real cheap because we didn't have that sort of budget. We didn't have a budget uh, software. Uh, you know, in in America, we didn't get hardly any of this. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, if you can't pay six bucks, six pounds for your game, I mean, that's even by my standards of cheapery. That's mm-hmm. because how much does a blank tape cost back in the right. states? It's not like you're saving a bunch of money. You know, it's crazy, man. But hey, piracy's taken down a lot of people over the years. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. And real time follow up from the chat, Mitzi. I didn't misspeak either uh, earlier when I said when you catch the mumps, it's insta game over. So uh, don't catch the mumps. Just like real from life, baby face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Aaron, we did get one uh, review from our Discord community this week. It comes from the one, the only, the aforementioned Mitsuyama. He says, I was surprised to see that the Atari got a port of School Days, but when I saw it was a recent release, it made more sense. This is an excellent port. All the features are there from renaming the characters to the tasks you need to complete to avoid getting lines like stopping Mr. Wacker from finding the pea shooter, etc. There is some slowdown when there are lots of characters on the screen, but this also happens in other versions of the game that I've played and so is not unique to the Atari. I've always found this a tough game to complete. It's difficult to avoid getting lines and they quickly add up to over 10,000 for a game over or you catch mumps, which is an instant game over. However, when I was a kid, I found just being able to run around the school causing chaos to be lots of fun. So, absolutely. I agree concurrently uh, with you, uh, Mitsuyama. And, um, you know, of course, this being a recent release, there is no um, no eBay action to speak of. I will say if you are interested in um, checking out the development notes, uh, the source code for this has been released uh, by uh, the coder who, is, who goes by the name of Marius ZW on Atari Age. If you just search School Days Atari 8-bit, uh, the Atari Age thread where this is released will pop up and you can read all yeah. about uh, the development and everything like that. It is uh, worth checking out. And like I said, if you have not played the ZX Spectrum or the C64 original of this, which I'm guessing a lot of our American listeners have not, you really owe it to yourself to play this because this is one of the most original games on any of the the, uh, 8-bit computers. Yeah, and uh, you could also, if you... uh to make it easier for you, you can go to Indie Retro News and search from there, and you, they have links to the to the area where you can download it as well. Cool, cool. All right, Aaron. So that's going to wrap up School Days this week. If you enjoy uh, 1200XL and uh, would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 1200XL. We would appreciate that. And, of course, Aaron, we've got to talk about next the next episode of uh, the next installment of 1200XL. We've implemented it within our Discord community, a game selection committee, the 1200XL game selection committee. They have voted, Aaron, on uh, lots of games were nominated. They have voted, and next month's game is going to be Star Trek. Yes, I love Star, Star Trek. Trek. Is that yeah. the arcade for Because it's probably about 300 Star Trek. No idea. No idea which Star Trek it is, but gosh darn it, we're going to be we're going to be playing some Trek for the next episode of 1200XL. You know we like we, me and Boat are both big Trek guys, so we're oh, down yeah. with that for Jeff Bojo. Yeah. yeah. And we appreciate David Z for nominating that for the uh the game selection committee. And we also appreciate David Z being the uh the chair. So he did it all. He did it all this episode. Good job, Dave. 
All right, Aaron, that's going to wrap up this episode of 1200XL. Um, so there's only one more thing to say, and that is make sure you play your Atari today.